you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL podcast can sing better than Antonio Brown. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday. <laughs> Got a case of the Mondays. Ugh. You do? All right. I don't know. You seem spry today. Mark Live with a C. I just, you know what? The Monday thing is real. It's like, ugh. It's the worst. Tuesday, blah. Wednesday, hump day. Thir- Big turning point. <laughs> Thursday, underrated day. Always has been. And Fr- Some people call it Friday Junior. Friday Junior. <laughs> the Gentleman's Friday. <laughs> Wes, you're back uh, in Los Angeles, and according to a conversation, according to comments you made in a conversation earlier today, that you made your last journey on an airplane ahead of your wedding. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I hope it's my last journey. It feels like we've been traveling a lot. Cincinnati was fun. Uh, bachelor party, no strippers, no poker, no paintball, 100% success. That's next week. <laughs> well, the, the family and friends from Cincinnati oh, bachelor party happened we're in part Cincinnati. Two I didn't know that that was yeah, we're, part two. We're, we're the doing. real part. We're this real. was, uh, um, I thought you were there for the paramour. Well, she had her shower and simultaneously. It's hard to keep track of this stuff. My brothers threw a bachelor party. We smoked dead animals and threw cornhole. It was perfect. Mm, that sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, and part two will be. In uh, San Diego uh, with the Around the NFL podcast, boys, uh, a week from Thursday. So We've got some surprises. We're actually going to smoke live animals. That I mean, they won't stay live, but... And as a treat for you, Mark will be eating them as well. <laughs> uh, wow. In, in entirety. Are, is there any concern? Because, I mean, you you know, Lakeisha's had a variety of um, female-oriented celebrations. I noticed... Um, and one of them that there was like a fleet of stripper poles that they were dancing around, learning to do jigs and things. A fleet of stripper. Well, I mean, how did you how do you feel about that? 
Jenny. I think it's great. Keisha's a fantastic dancer. She danced in college. It's a gift she has. Uh, I don't share that gift, and maybe if I did have that gift, I'd be dancing on stripper poles too. Well, you're saying all the right things. A bit ironic. You've learned a lot already. Ironic that it's Wes who says, keep me away from the strippers for the bachelor party. The wife-to-be. Bring, bring me all about fleet it. of poles. That's sort of one of my questions about these classes that the girls take. Do you get an actual stripper who's an expert to show you how to do the dances, or do you have some dancer who just kind of learned how to do kind of stripper moves? Like, are you getting the authentic thing or not? Well, you got to ask her. Ask her what mm. you – let's find out. I did out. one once. I took a stripping class. Was it an it actual was a stripper? stripper? Yeah. yeah. An exotic mm-hmm. dancer. Yes, yes, It's the yes. preferred nomenclature. Yes. And it Although, is, how do we fact check? I mean, they can tell us that, but how do we – I mean, it is, an, it is an art. Yeah. It is so much work. It's it is also so great hard. core work. Yeah. So hard. I know that I am not nearly in good enough shape to attempt any of those pool dances. I'll tell you what, though, and you weren't here for our Friday uh, softball recap. You were moving around incredibly well at third base, making every play and, uh, and, and, and hitting the ball very well with authority. I didn't see, you haven't skipped a beat uh, physically, despite many comments that you've made in a self-deprecating manner that physically you're no longer the same man or you're working your way back. Uh, you seem to be all man and then so. <laughs> That's the very diamond. generous of you. I would say the only positive thing I noticed was I definitely have more flexibility than I did a couple of years ago. Limber. But uh, my wind was gone after the first time I attempted to run. I didn't feel very rangy at third base. So thank you for saying all that. You're welcome. And that is actually <laughs> uh, Mark's favorite trait in a man, limber. Limber, yes. Oh, it, there is no – it's that than a deep distance to number two. <laughs> all right. Big show coming up today. Um Interesting, again, we're in a, a little weird bubble of the NFL calendar that and it feels particularly pronounced this year. I don't know why. That just There's not a lot happening, but there's some stupid things happening, and we're going to talk about some dumb things happening on social media where a lot of dumb things happen. Uh, and also, we're going to look ahead to the draft, and specifically, who should be nervous about the draft? When you look at current rosters in the NFL established players, Greg, uh, who should look at, at what, you know, Mayock, well, not anymore, excuse me. Excuse me, the new Mayock, move the sticks. Who else? We got uh, Zerline, Bucky Brook, well, I Arbs, think, I think, yeah. Arbs. I think move the sticks should be nervous. Well, that, that's a big, it's a it's big, a big uh, spot for him, him, big shoes to fill. But these players, these veterans looking at the, the draft and, and how that could change their careers, quite frankly, we're going to talk about some players who should be a little nervous. I talked to Daniel Jeremiah this morning. He does not seem nervous. He seemed very comfortable and very luxurious in his new role. Happy to be there. Right. Well, he doesn't strike me as a guy very that little gets to too do nervous. the next couple of weeks. He's prepared. Well, it, it's it's when the lights yeah. come on <laughs> and it's showtime. Does he strike you as a nervous you, guy? You, you've got the like Wednesday does. mock draft beforehand. People are keeping score. I mean, that's the big time week. Well, I feel bad for people keeping score on mock drafts. I mean, Tom, <laughs> there's got to be something better to do with your. I don't think. Yeah, you know, Jared, Jared Goff wasn't nervous during the bye week. Although he maybe he was during oh, the bye week before the Super Bowl. I've never seen anyone. Might not be the best example. <laughs> seen anyone more nervous than that man uh before we started the show we ended up stumbling into a uh aughts internet wormhole grape lady who's stomping on grapes uh and then fell out of the the grape thing off the platform and was going oh 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 she had a lot of confidence when she was stomping on the grapes greg uh and then the lights went up the cameras were on and she went tumbling down 
I mean, like a lesson learned. Like many of our listeners, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we should. I mean, we can use that audio. Yeah, we? you know what we're talking about. YouTube it. Grape Lady Falls. There's an app for that. Uh, all right, let's do some news. Listen, you're cute. There's no getting around it. So I don't know if you like country music, but I was thinking maybe one of these days we could drive out to a field, crank up some tunes, smoke a few macanudos. Maybe even toss a disc around. Wow. I mean, who else got bombarded in their mentions? Well, yeah. For not knowing that the DM that Ricky got from a mystery man uh, was actually a Andy Bernard from The Office uh, Pam interaction from season three. I'm only a little surprised because I would say, Dan, you're the biggest Office fan I know. I, I certainly was, but I that could have slipped past my radar. But when the 58th person tells you in a 12-hour span that it was from The Office, that's when it really hit home that we pulled it from that show, that it was pulled from that show. That's when I learned. And I guess the yeah. lesson, there's a lesson there that um, it's great to have a, a, a big audience that we do on this podcast, and we're all very proud and, and happy to have this audience. But we get held accountable when we mess up, and and sometimes it's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Were you getting hit in mentions, Greg? You I were was, in there. Your name is on I it. wasn't too active on social media, I wouldn't say. It's exactly I what I needed, I don't 10, 14 a.m. on a Sunday. I think I muted, muted everyone by now. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. I think I saw like one of those, but I no, had 4,000. Yeah. It was right? relentless. Yeah. Like it was um, frankly really annoying. All right. Let's get into it. Antonio Brown. I said there would be something stupid to talk about. Here it is. Antonio Brown fell out with the Steelers, forced the trade to Oakland. The Steelers got about 45 cents on the dollar in the trade. Antonio Brown got a big payday. He essentially got everything he want. Maybe he didn't go to a Super Bowl contender, but he gets to go out west. He gets to play in Vegas for a franchise that uh, that's on TV and pe- people talk about. Uh, but for whatever reason, Antonio Brown is not fully willing to let go of his Steelers days and the beefs uh, that were built during that time. Uh, case in point, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, the reigning team MVP of the Steelers and another um, superstar in his own right at the position. Um, Antonio Brown uh, went after Juju uh, specifically, and I'll read it, emotion, boy fumbled the whole postseason in the biggest game of the year. Everybody went blind, busy, blind to busy, making guys famous, not enough reality these days. By the way, check. The, I can't really, it's hard to read anything Antonio Brown writes because the words are always, there's always like multiple words missing. Uh, and then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster came back at him. Crazy how big that ego got to take shots at people who show you love. And then Antonio Brown just uh, today, Wes, Monday, uh, then I guess in a- another way to try to dig at Juju pulls up an old um, Twitter uh, DM that Juju sent asking for ways. Uh, he was a, a wide receiver at USC at the time, asking Antonio Brown um, what he can do to get better and, and praising his play. He was already a star on the Steelers. Brown was at that point. Uh, so that has become the big story of Monday and Wes. I know you're thrilled about it. Your thoughts? Well, I guess it put the lie to the tepid take that Antonio Brown was only acting like a crazy person to get traded. And as soon as he got to L.A., <laughs> Dyed his mustache back to its regular color and will start acting like a normal person. No, I think this is one of the old 
the old saying, when someone shows you who he is, believe him. I think Antonio Brown has showed us who he is. Oh, he's, a, he's like a small, he's kind of a small, insecure guy, which is not atypical of people at the very tops of their profession. It's kind of a a strange dichotomy of like, you know, sometimes people to get to that point have an enormous ego on one hand, but are also incredibly insecure on another. This was in response to a, a fan pointing out that Juju won the team. That's MVP. how it all started. Yeah, won the team MVP, which clearly sticks in Antonio Brown's cross so much that he's sitting there who knows if you know what's going on in his life at the time but he see, sees that tweet and he just can't bear to not respond to that cuz it bothers him so much and because of all this happening the last couple of days some people have been sending out this Jesse Washington I believe is the name who wrote an article on Antonio Brown for the undefeated uh last September which I had, which I missed the first time around uh and it details a lot of different ways in which Antonio Brown has kind of been small and uh, struggled to maintain the personal relationships he's had around him, not just with the mothers of his children, but also his trainers and other other people that have been close to him uh, where he's kind of exhibited this same sort of behavior where he just, I don't know, it's not just going heel. It's just kind of well, being a creep. We had, we had a Didi Kinkabwala uh, of NFL Network on our show when we were at the owners' meetings, and she's been close and around the Steelers uh, for years now uh, for our company. And she said it, and we've heard it from other places, but I trust her uh, coming straight from her to us saying, Antonio Brown just changed at some point through the I years. I believe that. Uh, his ego and whatever his personality and what was around him and the success he had changed who he was as a person. And, and that led to what you're seeing now. It's just a different person and it doesn't sound like a better person. I think like the 12-year-old me, I think about this sometimes with Twitter, that – when I was young and a huge football fan, it would have been my dream to be able to communicate with players and tell them encouraging things and ask them questions and just learn about their lives. But looking at what happens in general, I do think that we on some level live in a terrible time because this is the perfect example of something where if you have some ax to grind with anyone, go handle it one-on-one. Instead, it becomes everyone's drama and we all have to deal with it. And it's completely unrewarding for us to have to talk about it. And I don't know who it is rewarding for. Is is Antonio Brown coming out of this feeling better about the way he handled? I would imagine actually he will self punish after realizing mm. what this turned into. Too. This is you do it in the you double down on it today though. Well, I know, but like you, like you get it's all this like a, he said. You'd set, like Juju Smith Schuster said, settle down on the emotion. You know, right. and he's right. It's like we've all felt that. I know I'm guilty. It's like you hit send on a tweet. You hit send on something. You're like. Wait, wait, and then later you're like, I shouldn't have done that. But I think Antonio Brown gets caught in this trap. Just get I, off it. You're I not helping yourself. might be giving yourself. him too know. much credit for his level of self-awareness at this point. Well, that's, he'll have I know nothing about like, him. Or introspection. I do, yeah, or I do think he is very interested in being one of the biggest superstars uh, alive, or certainly in, in sports. I think that's that's very important to him. And so maybe like like other people who have risen high in this in this country – you know, he's he's interested in attention for attention's sake and isn't even really picking between good and bad. In that article, they pointed out how he puts more on Instagram than literally any than any major athlete. Like like just by post. A little thirsty. I mean, that's that's he wants the attention on some level, good, bad, or whatever. He he's, just you can wants find it famous. under A in the dictionary. I that's just where don't you can like, find attention. Like the when the, it's one thing when the student 
starts to turn on the teacher. You kind of get it. That's the way of life. You think you're better than your dad at basketball in the driveway all of a sudden or whatever it is. But when it's Antonio Brown turning on Juju, to me, something about that's going in the wrong direction. Oh, it's yeah. just totally unappealing. Well, and he's like a 22-year-old kid, and he's just mad that he won the team MVP award. By the way, thank you to the Steelers again for keeping this team MVP award going. That's I'm great. looking forward to them uh, <laughs> announcing this year that James Washington was the team MVP, and then Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> gets pissed. It's like something new every year. Doesn't Antonio Brown feel a little bit like an off-brand Terrell Owens a generation later? Yes. Yeah, and, and, and not that Terrell Owens did things the right way either, but, but it was something but, more entertaining. But that was him, fresher. You know. That was fresher. This yeah. this is in the t- completely the category of completely unnecessary and unrewarding to all of us. All right. Uh, and ahead. Antonio Brown's is more mean. Right. It's more lashing out at people and trying to hurt people. And Terrell Owens was a lot of self destructiveness. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, Josh Rosen, another uh, a key name around the NFL draft because, as we know. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach of the Cardinals, big air raid guy. He is in love with Kyler Murray, they say. And, that, and they, that's going to end with the Cardinals picking Murray with the first overall pick. And that means curtains for Josh Rosen, the quote-unquote franchise quarterback in Arizona. So where is he going to end up? Well, a couple of reports over the weekend surface. Uh, ESPN's John Kime believes there is a, quote, solid chance – Kime bomb. Uh, Kime bomb in a big spot that Washington will trade for Rosen. Uh, Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback column uh, called Washington the, quote, favorite in the clubhouse to trade for Rosen. And it certainly, Greg, it certainly makes sense from the standpoint of Alex Smith and Washington is very, it's very in doubt whether he'll, he'll play another snap in his career after that broken leg. Case Keenum heads there. And he's no one's idea of a, even a bridge, I feel like, at this point. And Colt McCoy can't stay on the field, just had another leg surgery. Josh Rosen would bring in a uh, someone with actual true potential going forward and maybe not at too bad a cost. Not at all. I, I think there's – most teams, I think, would be uh, well-served by giving up a second-round pick for Josh Rosen. I really think there's more teams than not in the NFL that I would say that's a good trade. Send your second, or may- maybe it's a high third, and-, and the Redskins would be high on that list. They're also one of four teams Albert Breer uh, marked as teams that have contacted the Cardinals asking about Rosen, trying to figure it out. It was the, it was the Giants, the Chargers, uh, and the Redskins were-, were another one of them. I think the Giants are, quote, not in love with Rosen, so maybe you could cross them up. The list doesn't seem Yawn. right. It doesn't seem right now that the list is that long for no. people interested in Rosen, but also there's maybe a lot that we don't know. Well, there aren't that many teams that need the starter, but where we're, like Rosen is labeled as not a fit for the air raid offense in comparison to Kyler Murray, he does fit with John Gruden. I think that John Gruden is in a make-or-break season. I don't mean Jay Gruden. Oh, Jay Gruden. Excuse me. I don't know how many years the Redskins want to go on with this front office and this head coach, but this is a quarterback that would fit very well for him. So I think Jay Gruden would absolutely push to do this. The one idea I found fascinating, I think it was from Breer's column, was that in the month or two leading up to the draft, and maybe this goes from February through late April, draft picks are worth so much more to the people who have them than yes. they are in summertime or the offseason. And why haven't analytics found a way to exploit this, this like gold rush from February to August where uh, – a number 50 overall pick in the draft is probably worth what like a number 20 overall pick in the draft right. is in the fall. 
it just seems incongruous to yeah. me. I think I think and I think and then it and then it changes a little bit during the draft. Right. You know, the and the Patriots have taken advantage of that. There was a, a study of like who's done the most pick swap trades. And they've done like a third of the pick swap trades in the entire league over the last 10 years. And because I think once you get down to draft day, then people just have guys that they want and that they're willing to give them up. And for the record, Josh Rosen attempted, uh, appears to be attempting to minimize the drama around the situation. He did report to the opening of Arizona's offseason conditioning workouts. And not only did he report, <laughs> according to Ian Rappaport, our NFL media insider, he was the first man in the building. Was he listening to Chaz Casterly, Greg? I mean, you got to get the janitor in. Be the first man in the building. Beat the janitor into the building. Uh, Beat the refrigerator guy into the building. Uh, Beat the masseuse into the building. (laughs) Do we? Do they just have key cards? I mean, who is even confirming this? It's just no one's there to confirm it. The janitor came. Frozen Frozen was there at like 3.30 in the morning. Be like, hey, no one's here. (laughs) How does everyone, even anyone going to know? Uh, he could. I mean, he could go in there at like two in the morning and then take a nap for seven hours. He could have done that too. Slept the under f- the desk like Costanza. You know, the whole first one in, last one to leave culture or quote. I don't know. It's overrated. Uh, uh, it's Gr- overrated because we're John not. Gruden. We're not the first ones in the building. So to us, it's over an overrated quality. Uh, if, you're, if you're talking about, it doesn't it, mean that much. Uh, the Cowboys and Demarcus Lawrence got it done. Uh, they agreed Friday to terms on a five-year, one hundred and five million dollar contract. $65 million of that guaranteed rap sheet, Mike Garofolo reported. That is the most guaranteed money ever for a non-quarterback and also the highest first-year payout for a non-QB. The previous record for a defensive player was Khalil Mack. He made $31 million in 2008. Lawrence Mack and Aaron Donald are the only three defensive players averaging more than $20 million per season. Chris Wessling, Lawrence turns... 27 this month. I believe he has. he's going to have back surgery? Yes. So, so, shoulder, shoulder surgery, shoulder excuse surgery. me, uh, coming up. So that is not inconsequential to this. But uh, your thoughts on the signing? Not only not inconsequential, but to me, the most interesting part of this was the leverage he had because of that surgery. He had played through a torn labrum in his shoulder all of last year and part of 2017. The Cowboys wanted him to get this surgery. And he, you know, it's a big deal for a player to go undergo serious major surgery. So he said, I'm not doing it. I'm willing to wait until the week before the training training camp to do this, which would have put a season in jeopardy. And the Cowboys said, no, we want you to do it now. That's interesting. And they were able to find common ground on this because they wanted him to have the surgery probably a month or two ago. It's a reminder for teams that have guys on the tag now that you know, if the, if, if the best case scenario happens and the guy stays healthy and plays well, you're going to pay for it. Because, you know, Lawrence, I read a breakdown that he was asking at one point for less money than Trey Flowers got from the Patriots. and I mean, from the Lions, rather. Not even that long ago he was asking for that. And then suddenly Trey Flowers signs, and it's like, okay, that's the starting point. We're going to get more than that. So the, the longer you wait and, and don't get a deal done, which they maybe could have done during last season, you end up paying a lot more. It's interesting that Stephen Jones – their VP now coming out and saying that the any deal that they get together for Dak Prescott now in quotes must be team friendly. It's like okay, well, so well, you know, you've not solved all your problems. Demarcus Lawrence has been an All Pro caliber player for the last two years. He comes in right under Von Miller and Khalil Mack, which is where he should be. I mean, I'm not as down on Dak as Greg is. Who I'm not that just Dak. can't stand him. No, oh, that's not him. true. Just fine. Absolutely he's abhors Dak he's Prescott. a fine quarterback. <laughs> but if I were the Cowboys, I would say the same thing to Dak Prescott. You he need has to a take a team-friendly ball deal. out. 
He has we'll a chance to be like a more entertaining Andy Dalton type career. That's what I'm saying. That's a little say sort, sort of. A, I don't know. He seems to me more like, more of a Donovan McNabb. Hmm. That'd be all right, though. Right? I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, by the way, like three years ago, it's crazy. Or two years ago, was like a bust, coming off suspension, one sack, like change that narrative, change it pretty fast. Uh, all right, a little draft talk. Uh, Peter King, I believe in that same Monday morning quarterback column, here is that Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins is, quote, sinking, and he might be the fourth of those QBs. Let's go over it again. Kyler Murray, presumed at number one. Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins. A lot of people say, oh, we won't be surprised if all four of those goes – all four of those players go in the first round. And Haskins, all of a sudden, according to this report – uh, may be the last one off the board. And Rap Sheet reported that Haskins will visit with the Broncos and there they are again, the Redskins, this week. Well, this brings to mind a quote from Daniel Jeremiah Monday morning. Note to self, everything you hear for the next two weeks will be a lie. Mm. I mean, how do you know whether to believe this Haskins stuff or not? It could be anything. Lance Zerline uh, had a similar uh, take to the King article calling the perceived draft stock, quote, more media created than team driven. Well, that's I mean, all I think it's fair, though, for us to completely ignore every mock draft ever or anyone who wants to do that. You're you're going to be fine if you don't look at a single mock draft. But it's also fair if you're doing them to push all these quarterbacks up because you can you can act like you're smarter than everyone and Dwayne Haskins is less valuable than some defensive tackle in terms of actual pure talent but every single year these quarterbacks get overinflated and move up and I would be surprised if he went back went past the Bengals to be honest with you I mean they talked about him having some similar traits to Jared Goff in that Zach Taylor is, has done a ton of quarterback work and sees some similarities there who knows it's weird we don't know because anything. there are tons of guys who teams reach for quarterback-wise, but there are also tons of guys who are still in the green room or fall to the second round when you think they're going right. to be top 10 picks. Right, right. He has the qualities like anticipation and seeing the field that that is believed to be some of his better attributes. That like That's what I like as as a prospect. I, that is what a Zach Taylor, I think, would like. And, but you're right also, Wes. Some of these times, some it's just impossible to know. Sometimes these little whispers, and people thought Mike Mayock was crazy for believing the whispers yes. that Aaron Rodgers was going to fall in the draft. And he we knew, thought Johnny Manziel like, would be top like, 10. We people thought... like, mocked him at the time. Like, oh, you're insane where that's coming from. And there you go. But Brady they, Quinn was another one that like a couple yep. people had right, but not many. But there are like le- like the legit X factor of Josh Rose and filling someone's quarterback need, and that could that's going to take one of these guys and drop him far down the board. There is the outside chance, because if you do look at the mocks, half of them seem to have the Raiders moving up for a quarterback too, and you can't, you'd have to move Derek Carr in theory or have that awkward situation play out. That would remove another quarterback opening. So we just, it's all these, op, like these unsolved situations. I'd rather just wake up on like May 5th and be like, it's all over. Thank you. <laughs> Let's end the news with a couple of quarterback notes. Sean Mannion uh, did not stick around with the Rams after four years, but he signs with the Vikings uh, where he will back up Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Vikings were looking for a backup because their former backup, Trevor, Trevor Simeon, went to the Jets to back up Sam Darnold. And finally, Wes, you said Johnny Manziel. Well, that's incorrect because uh, uh, the former Browns quarterback, uh, I feel like he's been on 40 teams since the Browns, but – former Browns quarterback, um, now goes by John Manziel. He, he told this one's for John. No, not that one. Different John. John Manziel 
he told Dan Patrick, that's what it is. And Wes, you had said that you saw that maybe it was a joke. I'm seeing in various media reports, <laughs> including TMZ Sports, uh, that he seriously is dropping the NY from his name. He is now John Manziel uh, in an effort to grow up. And uh, this is interesting, uh, Mark, because it, whenever this happens, there's always a little bit of like, remember when Debbie Gibson said she was Deborah? No. Terrible idea, but yeah. I know I you do. didn't know, Greg. No, terrible move. Age 32, you were yeah. born. You missed Debbie Gibson, electric youth. I remember that Big, part. big period in the 80s. She was like Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift. But she tried to go to Deborah and go to Broadway, and everybody was like, no, come on. Well, you tried to turn you. Little Debbie, where you suggested that when she became an older rapstress, <laughs> that she could change her name to, what, Larger Deborah, I believe it was? <laughs> Something like that. Bulbous Deborah. There was also Larry Fishburne. Now, that kind of worked, because he said, I want to be more serious. He was on Pee-wee's Playhouse as the cowboy, and then he, he became He was on Apocalypse Lawrence. Now. Yes, and he was Larry then, and then he ended up, I think, getting mm. an Oscar nod for the Tina Turner movie. Don't quote me on that. Uh, also... Back in 1991, Danny Hansis told my mom one day, Mom, I'm going by Dan. Well, that's smart. I mean, it is kind of a big moment. It is a big – I think you have to have a level of gravitas almost to counteract if you're, na- if you're going by Johnny or Danny or a name like that as an adult. And if, if you're John, Johnny Manziel, you don't, you don't have that. Right. What age did you switch? You know what I'm saying? Like I was 11. So you felt at age 11 you had um, acquired the adult-like skills to switch from Danny to Dan. I mean, I mean I'm not doubting no, that. No, when you think what... back to it, I was entering junior high, essentially, and I probably, Danny, I associated with being, you know, little Danny, the, the boy in the house. My parents and all my family still call me Danny to this day, but I, ha- I had to move on into a, a more mature place in my life. And uh, it changed everything. I, I have the so. situation with. I'm not here if I'm Danny Hansis. No. I'll tell you that right now. Well, you, no, I mean if you, I'm you, flipping pancakes. I mean you're giving yourself nicknames left and right, so it's it's still out there as an option <laughs> at some point. But you could call me Danny. That'd be fine. Uh, that's what's happening in the news. Football fanatics, it's April. It's draft month, and that means we are just weeks away from a special event that should make dyed in the wool draft nicks hot in the pants. That's right. Your chance to schmooze with NFL Network draft guru Daniel Jeremiah on Wednesday, April 24th in Nashville, Tennessee, the home of this year's 2019 NFL Draft. Five winners will be selected to fly to Nashville and dine with Daniel Jeremiah on the Proud Mary Cruise Line along Nashville's gorgeous Cumberland River. Jump in one second before you go on. I mean, you, you imagine he's so busy. He is now the number one guy on our depth chart. He's going to take out that time out of his schedule in, in Nashville for this event. Yes, because I, you know, talk, again, I talked to him this morning. He very much cares about uh, the people that he's plugged in with, the fans. He knows the wow. draft is a big, Keep going. big thing. It's a six-hour meet and greet that will include an elegant four-course dinner with a vegetarian option and an open bar including chilled bottles of Californian champagne from Paul Masson. Oh. This is your opportunity to pick the brain of a master. For a chance to win, simply hit up Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter at MoveTheSticks with your hottest draft takes using the hashtag DiningWithDJ. And one thing, I forget the copy. Like, it, we, have, we are part of a board that is in-house looking at the winners. We have only identified... Potentially one at this point because people have done a sucky, sucky job at this. These need to be beefy 280 character 
hot takes filled with facts. You got to impress DJ and us. And it can be one of those ones that's a thread where it goes 280 character tweet into part two, <laughs> yes. part three, part four. Stretch your don't, wings, please. You know what it is? It's like, don't waste the man's time. He is at the top of the food chain when it comes to being a draft expert. He doesn't want to dine with a bunch of jabronis, a bunch of pancake flippers. No. He doesn't want to, no Danny's. He wants Dan's there. No curtain jerkers. He, no. he doesn't want jerkers. He wants top of the card. And I've had people, someone from Germany said, yes, but the NFL would never fly me. from." The NFL is a billion plus uh they are mega 13 rich. billion, I believe. It They've is. got a ton of money. They'll fly yeah. you from anywhere to do this. So if you have the best tweets and you get picked, you're going. And, like, pl- and please do a lot of it because the most recent hashtag dining with DJ is just some guy who's recommending basic pieces of furniture that can improve your kitchen decor. That's what we're getting. So we, we need. Who are you out there? Raise your game. Draft Knicks. That's it. Spread your wings and fly. All right. Hey, weddings can have 99 problems, but the groom's look should not be one. That's why the blacktux.com designs rental suits and tuxes that you'll love. So even if you end up getting featured on a list of 23 epic wedding fails, at least you'll look good for your close-up. The Black Tux has an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Pick a style at theblacktux.com uh, and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. We actually are doing this. Uh, for Wes's wedding, the Black Tux, and we've all been on the website, and you got to you let Great them website. Up, and they ask you what your neck size is. I don't know. It's fine. It's probably bigger than it needs to be, but that's the size of my neck. I don't know, but they're going to send the tux, and then I'm going to try it on, and if I don't like it, apparently I send it back, and they send me another one. It was very it's easy. Great. It was very easy to use. I especially appreciated the illustrations when it said how would you describe your stomach and it was just like flat it's like <laughs> kind of round or just like fat ass and yeah, it was, it was like different like, i mean those weren't the description man that needs well, to be they, wheeled to i the think wedding. they know like guys don't know things like their own measurements half the time so they kind of guide you through that process and then bang they send it to you um rent your suit uh, suit or tuxedo at the and enjoy 20 dollars off with the code around that's the code around for 20 dollars off your purchase I was actually going to go with a very much casual beach type of look for the wedding, but after going to the black tux, I mean, I was dripping in that tuxedo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wes. Poured myself into it. Wes, that was nice. Everything about what you just said was great. And I loved it. Thank you. Very exciting for the wedding. And think about the photos, the four of us in penguin suits together. Mm Mm-hmm. Mark, you're going to be racing to the gram with the first photos on that. (laughs) I don't know. You're gonna be a like little over the, social uh, media. <laughs> when uh, what is it? The princess, uh, prince, prince Harry, and the TV star that got married. It was like, who's gonna get the first photo of the baby? Uh, that's Meghan Mark Markle, when it comes to getting on the ground. Well, no, yeah. the one issue though with the four of us and anyone that has made the decision to follow all four of us on Instagram, good for you. Uh, notices that we got into a trap where we all send out the same photo within like three seconds of each other. So <laughs> the new move is to post it like two months later and be like. Throwback to that time we were doing this. So you're getting out of the scoop game. I don't Used care about the scoop game. Scoop, game scoop to who and why? What am I doing? Who cares? So over. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Um, who should be nervous about the draft? So let's throw out some prominent players in the National Football League and why they should be glued to their television sets uh, for what happens on Thursday, April 25th. Um, round one and even round two and three, you know, but uh, let's get going here. Mark, uh, throw a name out there. This team 
has been kind of whiplashed and taken down by fans for their lack of activity, the Cincinnati Bengals. But I, I truly think that behind the scenes that Zach Taylor has enough buy-in from ownership on down to explore other quarterbacks and to take a shot at one where the Bengals draft-wise have done very little of that in general. There's been little, very little threat to Andy Dalton. And I do believe that, uh, and this comes from a little whisper I heard from someone too behind the scenes, whisper. that this is the year that they are going mm. to, with the, they have the best pick they've had in a while. Number 11, you have a chance to get one of these four quarterbacks we just talked about. Which one? Who knows? That's not my job. But they're going to grab one, and I don't think that it means that Andy Dalton's you know, going to be replaced come week one. That will take time. We'll see how that happens. That always is like, oh, they're very comfortable in having Andy Dalton teach this rookie the rope. Well, we'll see. Then by week four, when the whole ship is sinking, then you make the switch like everyone does. Andy Dalton can be moved or cut even for literally zero dead cap money and 16 plus million in savings. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's a transition. But finally, and as they should, they're going to take a chance on a different quarterback. And that would mean in a Joe Flacco-like situation Mm. that if he's worth anything, this would be the last year of the glowing red ginger man Mm. in as what Wes likes to call the city, Natty Town. Mm. (laughs) I do not call it Natty Town. Big Nats. How does Daniel Jeremiah feel about you giving away all the information? That did not come from Daniel Jeremiah. That I can promise you. So much would, that would be too easy to connect those dots because I mentioned him four times on (laughs) the show. We did talk not about this. I mean, who else have you been talking to? We didn't see you talk to Bucky or... Lance. Why would I give that it's information sources, away right now? Uh, so much for that pep talk I gave yeah, Andy He didn't Dalton. put much stock into Here's the thing, though. Uh, Even if they did draft um, a quarterback, you're right. They would bench Andy Dalton the second that they're under 500, you know, after a quarter or more into the season. Uh, but there are examples of guys like Alex Smith um, and you know, Drew Brees back in the day where I, I think Andy Dalton is going to be given a shot over any of these guys. They're not necessarily viewed, as, especially where the Bengals are drafting as – you know, guys that have to be starting what right away, and he'll get his shot to try to lead them to a winning record. And if you don't well, have it halfway through the season, you're probably done. In your pep talk, and you made a good point that in that 2011 draft, there was Blaine Gabbert and who's the uh, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, Jake, Jake Locker, Locker and Jake Locker, and Andy Dalton. Colin Kaepernick, one pick ahead of you. Also, you also said Dalton's too. had an incredible career, which was too strong. But your point was well well made that he has been. He's been fine as a quarterback, and I wonder if it's been better than I bet. I could go through him, but right. I bet he's done better than you know eighty percent of the second round picks. What are the so more? My cha- my 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 take on this is with these again. We'll start, we're talking about the big four that are out there that everyone's talking about. What are the chances that one or any of those guys is better than Andy Dalton? Would Cincinnati West be better off addressing other needs mm. rather than a to replace a perfectly? average or above average quarterback. I do think they have other needs. And the first one precludes putting a rookie quarterback behind that offensive line. Until they fix that offensive line, I, I don't want a rookie quarterback well, under center. Let's, let me ask you one, one follow-up, though, because I feel like if you go get Zach Taylor, one of these so-called like young offensive minds, and unless Zach Taylor simply went in and is absolutely, you know, feels the way Greg does about Andy Dalton, like I, I don't think you can tell a new now coach that there's a mandate to tie you. Does he have you. any power at no, all? I'm just saying. What's well, the structure then, in that building? Is this t- a new? Then you took that theory? job. 
Is this a new theory that because you have an offensive coach, you have to get a new quarterback that he wants? Like sometimes the GM and the owner are more powerful and say, hey, coach, oh, deal with the quarterback on the roster. Well, that could certainly be the case, but I don't think it's new to think that coaches who view themselves as offensive gurus, whether they verbalize that or not, want to pick their own quarterback. Want, want their own guy in the next That happens next year. Over I don't think over. it'd be a bad idea for the Bengals, even though I gave that pep talk, to be thinking quarterback, whether it's the first or the second round, to, to, to try it. They haven't tried anyone in a long time. I'm trying to picture Andy Dalton nervous. I feel like it's like, okay. oh, golly. Just put him in a playoff game. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't strike me as nervous or overly confident. Right uh, in the middle. Wes, throw another one out there. Who's Noivis? Who should be Noivis? Well, as we know, the NFL stands for not for long. Mm. So everyone should be nervous except Eli Manning, who is going to run out there and he literally calcifies into the statue they want to feature outside their stadium. (laughs) Uh, But the second— That would save a lot of money. The second person I thought of after Eli is Jimmy Graham because he had a terrible year last year for the Packers. He was awful. He didn't block. He didn't catch contested passes. Cost Wes a sandwich. Cost me a sandwich, which maybe that explains why I'm bitter about the way he played last year. And there are two Iowa tight ends in the first round who would look good in Green Bay. Um, I think Jimmy Graham, he needs to be concerned about. He needs to be noivious. Does he uh, – I'm, I'm trying to remember what his contract situation was. Is, is he a guy who could potentially could lose his so job you can, outright? If you cut him after June 1st – it's eight million dead, four million in savings, which is tenable if you're gonna if you want to just he, move on from. They him. paid him though five million. He was someone where I I don't think he would be too nervous because in his mind he probably is like I got one more big time year to get paid and they and he got it. They gave it to him on. He should be nervous about his snaps. Right. He right. he got it five days into the league year. I thought he might get cut. To your point, Mark, and they could have gotten out of it, uh, but they gave him five million guaranteed. So he's on that roster. I think Mercedes Lewis would be quickly um, applying for jobs elsewhere. Well, yeah. Depends if they get a <laughs> block. trouble. He, he's purely blocking at this point. I can't believe he's still in the league, Mercedes Lewis. All right. Um, I'll throw it out there. All right. This is more – well, it, will, it concerns the man as well, and I'm sure he wouldn't be thrilled about it. But um, when I talk about nerves, Rams fans maybe um, would be more nervous about the draft if I told you there's a chance. What if they, you know, go and find a Todd Gurley compliment higher than people expect? Uh, because what what do we know about the Todd Gurley knee situation? Just that it is not something that's potentially going to heal overnight, that it's something that has to be, I believe the word was maintained going forward. I mean, there was a lot of talk at the Combine from the, the leaders of the Rams that this is a situation that's uh, it's kind of a new reality around the Rams. And if I'm Todd Gurley, I'm wondering uh, what happens here because they let C.J. Anderson walk. Uh, they re-sign Malcolm Brown, but to – Peanuts he makes relatively. Um, so what is uh, what is else? What's in their backfield? Uh, what if they have at the thirty-first overall pick? You know, what if they are tempted to to grab someone to thunder and lightning, or just give Todd Gurley the rest? If they really, if if Todd Gurley is an, actually a financial investment uh, for them, it probably behooves them to have someone in there that he could split the workload with. Uh, there's one name I'll throw out there. I'm not a draft ex- expert, but I've been reading up on some of Josh Jacobs of Alabama is supposed to be the guy that um, goes in the first round, the running back that goes in the first round. A lot of mocks. In fact, all of our experts on NFL.com all have him going, except with the exception of one uh, analyst, have him going to the Eagles at 25. That's kind of where he's going right now, uh, m- mid to late first round. 
would the Rams potentially go get Jacobs or someone else? Uh, they also have the 94th and the 99th pick in the third round. Something to track as uh, the Todd Gurley mystery uh, goes on. They'd be insane, and they'd get killed. You know, they ha- they just gave Todd Gurley that money. What's the money for? They just – in Malcolm Brown, he's only making $2 million. That's actually one of the highest-paid backups in the league. I think they've got so many issues because – they're a young team, but they haven't had many draft picks lately, like any high draft picks, and they're missing a second rounder again this year. I'm not sure which trade that was part of. I'm sure uh, you know, any research could have picked that up. But uh, like they, they've got one pick in the top ninety. <laughs> it's like why? Side, it's like well, I'm just saying any why. I'm saying like why mention that because anyone listening can easily go. I can't. And then what? It, what I'm seconds. saying is, you say it's insane, but what if? What we're hearing is that Todd Gurley no longer is. I think like that's a, getting overblown. I think he's going to well, be. Who uh, are you to say that? How do you know? I think it's going to be a big part of their. I think he's going to be a big part of their offense. And so worst case scenario, he's like splitting. You know, he's he's one A to Malcolm Brown's one B. And that's why you paid Malcolm. Brown. What I would find absolutely um, delicious about it is this. That everything they've said over and over, contrary to you know flying to Switzerland or whatever he's, I don't know all these other things he's doing to fix <laughs> to get his knee looked at. Blood like he's absolutely fine. Everything's absolutely fine. Like we have no concerns. He's going to be the same player he ever was. We're also going to have someone else take some of the workload off. But then if you drafted someone at 31, you you can't <laughs> yes. roll into that press yes. conference with all these benign statements. So I don't I don't I mean, see it, it happening. Telling. But it would. I be just a, think they have yeah. huge. They have other big. If they use okay. question marks Maybe on defense. 31's high. All right. Uh, and of the first round, but if they use it on either of their three picks, they have a 94th and 99th, as I said, in the third round, that's going to just, you know, build more drama around the situation about how much rest Gurley's going to need going forward. We'll I see. Re- I really like Malcolm Brown. I think they, they do too. All right, you're up. I'm, you know, you said notable players when we were like prominent players that mm-hmm. should be nervous. I don't know if mine's really that prominent. <laughs> Gina? But I don't care. I, it's a prominent position that swing tackle. Talk about Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. Wait, he's, what? He's really? all excited. He's all excited about finally being like the guy. He oh. is the starting running back right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Carlos Hyde is probably the backup, and they've talked up Damian Williams as like this is guy is he's gonna get a chance. He looked really exciting last year. But when I think of guys that should be nervous going into the draft, it's not so much superstars with guaranteed money. It's guys that have never really quite had an opportunity like Damian Williams. And is thinking, this is my chance. And the Chiefs are in this weird spot with the Tyreek Hill situation hanging over their heads. Uh, you know, they, they adapted to life without Kareem Hunt quite well. Their, their offensive line's a little bit in transition. Uh, I just think that they're going to need another running back, that they're not going to go into the season with Damian Williams as their clear starter, even though I thought he looked great last year. And that's a guy where one year as the chief starter could, you know, change his life. I'd be worried if Damian Williams wasn't almost a perfect fit for the Andy Reid offense, that they came out. The one thing about Brett Veach, I feel like he says what's on his mind. I don't think he's um, at the point where he's like spinning whispers left and right, where he's able to fool everyone in the room. Like all last offseason, he kept telling us, Patrick Mahomes, like we're all in, we love him. He's the best player we've ever seen. And they just went on and on about Damian Williams, that they love his fit and they love the way he played and he costs next to nothing. Like he could have competition, but he's a good fit. That's the, if he wasn't, I'd be more concerned. I feel like he should be cautiously optimistic about where he is right now, right? With an eye on the draft, like, oh wait, are they really going to let me? Because all it takes is a third. My like, ball in in it, all it would take is a third or a fourth round pick that you actually hit on, 
And then that guy's your starting Like a Nick Chubb. Week one, yep. All right, one more time around the horn, Mark. Well, Dan, I don't mean to do this because um, this is your guy. Well, it was also like two other people's guys in this room mm-hmm. at various times, but <laughs> three-time making the leap candidate Lamar Miller. Had him who, on my list. That's you know, good. I mean, I know right, the, I know the Texans. It. Oh, this is one where I feel like they, they protest too much, where they keep telling us that Lamar Miller is everything they could ever ask for at their starting running back position. But you look at that whole running back room, there's injury questions around the rest of the crew. And Miller, to me, you could cut him – and it would cost you $1 million. Not that they need to cut him, but it's just that he's not the future, and there's no reason not to grab another running back because they, they, they also ignored, essentially, outside of um, taking Matt Khalil in free agency, their entire offensive line. So I don't know where you get that running back. I'm not saying it's a first-round pick, but that position needs to be addressed for a more balanced offense in Houston. I think Lamar Miller would be the odd man out if they hit, hit on someone. Um, we, Greg, you and I were Never standing knew. next to each other. Uh, when Pearl River native and Texans general manager Brian Gaines spoke. And I, I, I remember it registering in my head that he was kind of going through the motions in terms of praising uh, Lamar Miller. He's like He called him a three-down back, and he said that he almost ran for 1,000 yards as if running for 1,000 yards. Is <laughs> yeah, a big it was deal. almost. Yeah. Big deal in 1985. Uh, and you, you just got the feeling between uh, his underwhelming season outside that one Thursday night game and the Dante Freeman – coming off the torn Achilles uh, in the backfield, there's going to be someone else in there. And the fact that they didn't use free agency, I'd be really surprised if they didn't use, um, let's see, they they picked 23rd, so they're right in the Josh Jacobs area, according to draft experts. And then they have two second-round picks, 54 and 55. I would think a running back ends up being picked there. And they can save $6 million by cutting him, and they could use the money. Couldn't we all? Well, that kind of money, please. I wouldn't be here on Wednesday. You would quit if you were rich? No, I would not. I would actually think it would be much more easy to do any job that you enjoy if you suddenly just are you'd, wicked rich. You'd start giving more people a piece of your mind. That might be true. A little guff, <laughs> give people some guff. <laughs> no one would have any rule over me at on any level. Mark, what do you think about um, the idea of Aunt Becky doing time for the college admissions scam? Do you think she should go to jail? Do you think she should go to prison for this? Yes or no? Totally unrelated, but it involves uh, money. Involved. No, because I think Privilege. that what would happen is she'd be put in one of those um, those uh, very rich people prisons where you're allowed to like uh, mate with your partner and read like books right off the Play shelf. Play tennis. And stuff. Yeah, it's like it's sort of like. Are you describing Arrested Development? <laughs> it's like a country club. Yeah, it's like I, I think that anyone would want to be in that situation where you don't really have any responsibility other than to read all day long and eat meals. And then you're Mark, out. Mark's new take. Yeah, prison, not so bad. Yeah. I mean, that's a step I don't up like from hospital stay. I, like, I don't like what she did, um, but I, whatever. I mean, it just seems like a rich person type crime. Right. Like something else should be done to her. All right. I was just curious your thoughts. Wes, you're up. Uh, it's, it's hard to follow. Uh, I actually, I wanted to see if I could get a defensive player in here. Yeah, smart. Like a two-time it. pro bowler, Dolphin safety Rashad Jones, coming off labrum surgery, struggles in coverage, do 13 million this year, and they reportedly want to move Minka Fitzpatrick to safety. If they draft another safety, mm. Shot Jones might find himself without a job. I could see that. New coaching staff, short leash. Had quietly profusely sitting on his couch, April 25th. Quietly had a uh, you know controversy. I don't even know if we ever mentioned on this show where. You know, he left the field last year. There was some. Oh yeah, some, I do remember. That. You know, kind of a. Are we in the fish tank? I think. I think we're back think in we're the. We're back in the fish tank. 
Hop in. That 80 he, degrees he, today. He pulled, that he pulled himself uh, for a game, kind of like a reverse uh, when San Antonio Holmes got kicked out of the huddle. Wow. <laughs> he counts $17.16 million against the cap this year. That is insane. Would that make him more confident or less confident? Well, I think they can save last, a bunch they of that. Can, he doesn't going to get that money. If they cut him after June 1st or trade him after June 1st, mm. I think they can save a ton of money. Um, I'd be nervous. I'm going to throw this name out there because I thought you were going to do it, Mark, and I don't know what Greg's last one is, and I think we should hit him. Um, the Raiders, Derek Carr. Uh, it just, as, as much as we're hearing all the, all the positive things, if, if Dave Gettleman has taught, taught me anything in this lost off season for the Giants, it's just not to believe anybody when they say anything. Uh, and as <laughs> much as John Gruden uh, has said positive things about Carr, it comes down to this boys it's been a long time since this happened i think the jets had it back in 2000 uh one of my historians here can help me out what the researchers a little bit of research a little would bit help. Of research uh but the four first round picks for the raiders and i'm thinking to myself when a team has a bounty like that one of those four first round picks won't be a quarterback Certainly could happen. I mean, they could go all do- courts, uh, all different routes. But I wonder if it's John Gruden's final domino in this massive rebuild. I don't, and I'm not saying I think it should happen or I think it will happen. But I think if I'm Derek Carr, I'm very nervous for draft day because can I trust this guy? Do do I? I know you know everyone's putting out the story that we get along well, but can I trust him when there are four first round picks? on April 25th. Here's why I didn't put him at the top of my list was like Rashad Jones, number one, $100,000 they save if they cut him and they lose all the rest and dead money. And I looked at Derek Carr's, they save $100,000 if they cut him and they are on the hook for $22.4 million. So you have to... But they, buy, they could to, keep him this year. You, you could keep him this year and that, that right. So you keep him this year and then you move, you can, you can deal that down the road uh, or you could try to move him, which we've discussed some scenarios that could potentially a Gruden to Gruden type thing or whatever, but we don't, there's no buzz around that. But I agree with you that the visits we keep hearing about with Oakland over and over are quarterbacks. They are looking at quarterbacks. It's not one of these teams where we've got our guy and there's no curiosity. There is a clear curiosity. And I thought it was interesting. He did, uh, you know, he did a little social media you know, testing of the waters there, you know, just sending the eyes emojis last week when they were hosting uh, Kyler Murray. So that's the guy that's nervous. And I, let me well, correct myself. They have three first round picks, but their um, fourth pick in the draft is 35 overall. So it's right out. It's right in the second beginning of the second round. So, this is a team uh, with four quarterbacks that everyone says will go top 30, top 40, maybe top 20. Uh, there are four names out there, and there's Derek Carr and mm-hmm. John Gruden, who has been on a quest for you know, 14 months and counting or whatever, rebuilding this roster in his own, le- in his own image. Will he survive? You can also Probably. trade Derek Carr in October when someone's knee gets you know, absolutely removed from their body. <laughs> yes. Always can do that. Once again, Mark, rooting for injury. No, I'm not rooting for it. I'm just saying be smart with your trade options. Close it out, Greg. I'm going to go with James Conner. I, I think the, the Steelers really fell apart in part because they didn't have anyone behind James Conner. I also think James Conner's a third-round pick behind the best offensive line in the league, and he's good. Uh, but are they going to go into the year just with James Conner and just – Hoping, A, that he can stay healthy, which, you know, he had a lot of workload last year, and so I'm not going to kill him for not making it through the season. But, B, they don't have anyone behind him at all. 
And it, it, who knows, a second or a third round pick in this draft, which it's not top heavy at running back, but fairly deep. I think they could bring in some competition for him. You're thinking overall workload, though. He's not going to be replaced as the starter for. Good. I mean, he was a third round pick. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't look, I don't view, I think he's a great player. But I don't view him if they did draft someone as someone that would be un, un, unquestioned. The guy really? Given that surprises me. He was one of the most productive running backs in the league when he was healthy. He was really good, and it wouldn't be something where you would think a guy would come in and be a week one starter. But are they going into the year with James Conner and Jalen Samuels? And to me, running back of any position, sometimes those six, second, third, fourth round picks. I mean, we've seen it over and over the last couple of years or they come in and they're very productive like James Conner or like Kareem Hunt right away and, and, and then he's got some some heat. That's a great situation to be in, to be the running back on that team. Hell yeah. Great line, great quarterback, playmakers everywhere. Do it. All right. Good talk, guys. One last thing. Yes. We've had several British listeners request that we talk about Christian Wade, rugby star who just signed with the Buffalo Bills on their international player program. And what do we think he's going to be? We have no idea. I mean, I've never seen him play rugby, much less play in the NFL. I will say that of all the positions where talent matters more than skill, running back would be pretty close to the top. Mm. You could come in and do it. That said, until you see the guy play football, how would we know? I mean, I don't see him coming in and unseating LaShawn McCoy. He's going to learn from an all-time great and Frank Gore, the right way to be a running back. I mean, we had Jared Hain come in with the 49ers, and he was supposed to be one of the better rugby players. I know I'm going to get all kinds of tweets, union rugby versus league rugby and all these <laughs> other different kinds of rugbies. He knows. Whatever. This guy was hyped so much and, like, Barely made an impact. It's funny. You say you don't know you know, what's going to happen with him. I do. Um, 246 yards this year, but next year becomes a legit international uh, star. A success story, 1,050 yards as the starter. Wow. I would bet against him making the final 53-man roster. <laughs> uh, Brian Gain would be thrilled about that. 1,050 yeah. yards? <laughs> Killer. All right. Good rugby talk. Good luck to that man. And uh, we'll be back <laughs> on Thursday. Uh, our, our next uh, time we're all together. Well, we're on NFL Network every day now. Um, they're using us right now. And I, I made the analogy before the show. It's like you go to summer camp and you're all of a sudden, you're the pretty girl and, and, and he wants to take you to the dance. And then you go back to school in September and all, you know he's also back at school with everybody else and he's not paying attention anymore. We're getting a lot of attention on Network right now. That's good. What happens when we go back to school? We're going to get that same attention. It's a fair point. I think the analogy we'll come is apt. Long. I think we're going to get probably dumped. <laughs> so you can check us out on up to, <laughs> up to the minute uh, on NFL Network Monday through Friday. Um, and our next time together here in the studio is our Twitter show, which, again, we haven't been great about promoting it, but also the shadowy league figures have been moving this thing all around the dial. But right now we are on Wednesday morning, 1030 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, and I believe that's 6.30 in um, London, London time, over in the U.K. Well, I don't know. They, there's some it's five hours ahead in New York. I'm just, but there's a time. That we didn't oh, move with on. them on the, sa- the daylight savings, I believe. Anyway, so check out the Twitter show, and then our next podcast audio show will be Thursday. Connie Fox will be back with us, um, uh, uh, so check that out. All right, let's get out of here. Stan Hans is signing off for... Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. 
Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.